Much has been said about Calvary, and much has been said about our country. Amen. And we thank God most of all for Christ and for Calvary. And it's because of Jesus we can live in freedom. Amen. Both both spiritually and both in society. Amen. And I do thank the Lord uh, for what He's done here this morning. If you'll go with us to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter number 72. And I was just praying about what the Lord would have me to preach. And, uh, of course, we set this day aside uh, to celebrate the birth of our nation and our independence. Uh, but I always want to be sensitive to preach whatever the Holy Spirit would have me to. Uh, but I believe it's an important day. Amen. I think in the day we live in uh, when patriotism is dying in our country and we have a bunch of uh, uh, communists and socialists that want to indoctrinate our children and want to destroy our flag and want to ruin our monuments and destroy our constitution. And they want to raise a generation that does not believe uh, in freedom and does not believe in the cause and the purpose of America. And so I think for that reason alone, this uh, days like this are so important. It's so important that we salute the flag. It's so important uh, that we stand for freedom and we stand for what's right. And uh, I would rather die free as to live uh, in bondage the rest of my life. Amen. And uh, you say, what about others? Well, if that be God's will, of course we would be willing to do that. But we have something that the rest of the world does not have. We have liberty. Amen. And we're to stand for it and fight for it until our dying breath. I believe that with all my heart. Psalms chapter 72. If you'll stand with us this morning, Psalms chapter 72. And we'll bring the message that God has laid upon our heart. Look with me in verse number 1. Psalms chapter 72 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the, to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass and showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteousness flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust. The king of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The king of Sheba, the kings of Sheba and Sheba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, and all nations shall serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy, and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their souls from deceit and violence, and precious uh, shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of corn and the earth upon the top of the mountains and the fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth his name shall endure forever his name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall blessed shall be blessed in him all nations shall call him blessed blessed be the Lord God the God of Israel who only doth wondrous things and blessed be his glorious name forever and let the whole earth be filled with his glory amen and amen 
The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come in your presence this morning, Lord, we need that touch that only you can give. We do not want to trust the arm of the flesh, for surely it would fail us this morning. But God, we lift our eyes unto the hills, and we look, Lord, from where our help cometh from, our help cometh from the Lord. And I pray that you'd touch us this morning, speak to every heart, save the lost, and reclaim the backslid. And Lord, put a burning fire in our soul to serve you this morning like never before. And we'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to think with me about Psalms chapter 72 this morning because it is believed that Psalm 72 is either a psalm for Solomon or it is a psalm of Solomon. It, if, it's, if this is a psalm that is written for Solomon, then that would make this the last psalm that David would have penned. In fact, the Bible even says that in verse number, uh, verse number, twi- verse number uh, 20, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. <clears throat> so if David David is the author of this psalm here. This is the last psalm that he has written, and he's written it for his son Solomon. If Solomon is the author of this psalm, then Solomon is no doubt talking about the prosperity and the blessings that God has given him and will continue to give him as the king of Israel. But it points to another king, thank God, that one day will come. He also will sit on the throne of David. He will rule this earth from Jerusalem for 1,000 glorious years. He will do what no man has ever been able to do and that is will be a one world government, a one world order and one world ruler and it will be Jesus Christ himself. So clearly Psalm 72 is on Jewish ground. When we come to this psalm this morning, the first five verses declare his righteous judgment. As the Bible said, give the king thy judgment, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor uh, with judgment. I'm going to tell you when Jesus comes, he's going to judge this world with righteous judgment. And it talks about his righteous judgment. It talks about his reviving grace in verse number 6 and 7. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass and showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteousness flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon moon endureth. I'm telling you, there's going to be a reviving of this land and there's going to be a reviving of righteousness uh, and there's going to be a reviving of the glory of God as the Bible said the whole earth uh, is going to be filled with the knowledge of God and so as Psalm speaks about his righteous judgment, his reviving grace, uh, his royal reign look at verse number 12 for he shall deliver the needy when he crieth the poor also and him that hath no helper. I'm telling you when Jesus comes, uh, help is going to be coming, amen it's going to look like all hope is gone but help is going to be on the way. He shall spare the poor and the needy and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence and precious shall be their blood in his sight. And so it speaks about his royal reign. But I'll tell you what I like about this psalm. It speaks about his redeeming love. As the Bible said in verse 14 he shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence. You know God told Israel. He 
said, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And the same love that Jehovah had for Israel in the Old Testament, Jesus has for his bride in the New Testament. I like what the songwriter said when he said he loves me like I was his only child. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms of God. And so this psalm talks about his redeeming love. It talks about his recognized blessings. Look at verse number 15. And he shall live and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually and daily shall be his praise. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. Uh, what about corn growing from the mountaintops? Amen. And the fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon and the city, notice this, shall flourish uh, like the grass of the earth. Uh, I'm telling you, this world uh, has never seen prosperity. This world has never seen bounty. This world has never seen blessings uh, like they're going to see it in the day of the king. When the king comes there's going to be blessings on every corner. I'm telling you there's a lot of reasons to get saved. I tell you to miss hell, to go to heaven but I want to live on this earth don't you? In a time when there is no curse. In a time when there is no problems. In a time when there's blessing and bounty. You won't need to go to the grocery store. You can go to the top of the mountain and find corn all the way from the top to the bottom. Amen. I tell you if you're a farmer you know one thing. Corn don't grow on mountaintops. Amen. It's too rocky up there. But in the day of the millennial, I'm telling you they won't be one spot. They won't be one quarter. They won't be one acre of God's green earth that every blade of grass and every little piece of soil will have the blessings of the king upon it. It'll be fertile and it'll be blessed and it'll be good land. I'm talking about from the Middle East to South Africa to the North Pole to the land down under. The whole earth is going to be lifted from the curse and King Jesus. The blessing will flow from the throne of our Savior. Hallelujah. His recognized blessings. His revealed glory when you get to verse 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. Amen. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Amen. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. I want to tell you this morning that God's never done me wrong. He's never done you wrong. He's never done anything bad. He only doth wondrous things. I'll tell you on the other side of this old curse world. When he sits on the throne of David, you know what's going to happen? He's going to turn the blessings on in this world like they have never seen. The Bible said the lamb and the lion and the bear will lie down together. They'll eat straw like an ox. And the Bible said the child will play in the street. I'm telling you it's going to be a wonderful day. The desert will bloom like a rose. There'll be streams in the desert. God will bless this land like we've never seen but when we get to verse number 8 there's a little phrase here that I want to use this morning as our subject that I want to preach on verse number 8 the Bible says this he shall have dominion also notice this from sea to sea amen from sea to sea you know in 1893 a woman by the name of Catherine Bates in Colorado she went she was a school teacher and she went to the top of Pikes Peak took and rode a wagon half 
halfway up that hill with a bunch of other ladies and some school kids and then she walked on they had to walk the rest of the way to the top that mountain's about 14,000 feet high above sea level and she got to the top of that mountain and she said when she got to the top of that mountain she was very tired but she said when she looked out across the valley she said she felt great joy because all the wonder of America seemed displayed there like the sea would give a view and she pinned down them words uh, that we've heard it so many times uh, oh beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves of grain for purple mountains majesty above the fruited plains Uh, America America God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea I want to preach a few minutes this morning on that subject on from sea to shining sea you see the Bible said in Psalms chapter 33 and verse number 12 blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and as we sit in this church house this morning in 2022 uh, we have to raise our head and say that we live in the greatest country on planet earth uh, uh, that God has blessed this nation uh, uh, God has been good to America in spite of her sin uh, in spite of all of her wickedness this morning I want to take just one day uh, just take a little time out uh, and say I'm so thankful this morning that I wasn't born in Africa I'm thankful I wasn't born in red China I'm glad I wasn't born behind the iron curtain I'm glad I didn't live and die in Germany but I'm proud and I'm thankful this morning uh, that I live in the land of the free and the home of the brave it is good uh, to be an American this morning amen If you don't love America, then you ought to get on a boat, amen. We'll buy your ticket, amen. And we'll send you one way to Russia, amen. Or we'll send you anywhere you want to go in this country or this world. But I'm telling you, she's still worth living for. She's still worth praying for. She's still worth dying for. I'm telling you, we're double blessed this morning. We're blessed to be called Christians. And then we're blessed to be called Americans. And we must keep patriotism alive and preach the gospel every chance we have and use our liberty and use our freedom to help those who are living in bondage this morning. I'm thankful for America, aren't you? And when I think about it, I sat at my desk yet last night, late last night, and I thought to myself, Lord, I just want to, I want to thank you. It sounds so cliche to say this, but I mean it and I believe you mean it this morning. I'm thankful that you let me be born here. I'm thankful for what we've experienced and what we've enjoyed down through life. The things that we so casually, every day of our life, we take for granted that other people have never had, they have never seen. But this morning, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I'm telling you, we're still reaping the benefits of a nation that was founded upon principles from the Word of God and the morals from the Word of God from people that paid the price to come and to give their life and God has blessed this nation from sea to shining sea this morning. I'm thankful for America. I'm thankful for our forefathers. Men like Christopher Columbus, whose name means light bearer. And on October the 12th, 1492, he landed on the shores of this country. And as he landed on the shores of this country, 
He bowed his knee and bent his head and he thanked God for his goodness. And he planted a sacred cross on the shores of this country. I'm thankful for women like Pocahontas who saved the the life of of Captain John Smith in 1608 and then a year later became the first Indian convert and was baptized at Jamestown. I'm thankful for the history and the heritage uh, of this country. I'm thankful for the pilgrims, amen. 102 pilgrims uh, that my friend in the fall of 1620, uh, they got on a boat that was about 26 feet wide and about 113 feet long and those Listen, and two pilgrims for nine weeks they charted the waters and they landed there somewhere at Plymouth Rock in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And my friend, as they came upon their whole purpose was that they would come and find a place where they could worship God freely. I'm talking about God had blessed them and they came from Holland in search of a land that they could worship in a new world. You think about their sacrifice. You think about their commitment as they formed the Mayflower compact and purposed in their heart that they would never go back to England. My friend, they landed in the fall of 1620 and by the springtime 44 of them had already passed on. But you think about the dedication and you think about the commitment that they have. The reason we're sitting here this morning is because they were willing to pay the price and I thank God for our forefathers, amen. I mean, those weary travelers, I think about William Bradford. In December the 13th of that following year, he declared a day of thanksgiving. And those pilgrims, along with about 80 friendly Indians, gathered together not for one day, but for three days. And for three days, you know what they did? They had preaching and praying and singing, and eating. Sounds like Acts chapter number 2, doesn't it? The early church. They met together in the apostles and were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and they broke bread from house to house. Amen. That's what them pilgrims did. And they thanked God for this new world. I'm thankful for those pilgrims. I'm thankful this morning for patriots like Patrick Henry. Amen. Who delivered on March the 23rd, 1775, a most powerful speech as he stood there before the second revolutionary convention of Virginia in the old church in Richmond he stood there and he made that famous cry give me liberty or give me death amen they said when Patrick Henry got through delivering that speech he said there was they said there was not applause they said there was a solemn silence as the men's hearts burned to stand and get ready to fight for the freedom and the independence of America they said one man after another arose and my friend was willing to surrender of their liberties and their prosperities uh, so that they might go to battle and to stand. And today we got a bunch of lily-livered people who won't even stand up, uh, who won't even believe in what this book stands for. I'm telling you, my friend, freedom comes with a cost. Uh, It comes with a price. Uh, And your children and my children and our great-grandchildren deserve the right to have uh, and to live in the same prosperity and freedom that we have lived in. You say, Brother Gravely, we don't 
don't deserve nothing. No, but I'll tell you, we've got it today and we ought to pass it down. If it takes the very blood of our life, we ought to pass it down so that the rest of the free world can still have the gospel and have it preached unto them. Amen. Not long ago, a missionary came to me and said to me, we were talking and he said, you know, persecution is what spread the gospel. I said, that's true. The whole book of Acts proves that. But the people in Acts that were persecuted never had their freedom to begin with. And this morning, America has sent more missionaries from 1732 to where we're at today. We've sent more missionaries than any country that's ever lived on planet Earth. You know why we've been able to do that? Because we're free. And this morning, I say thank God for freedom. Thank God for our forefathers. Thank God for Paul Revere who on April the 18th, 1775 had his most dramatic horseback ride in the middle of the night declaring that the British were coming. Thank God for those uh, at Bunker Hill who on June the 17th, 1775 uh, when those American soldiers, uh, when their powder was just about gone uh, and for the third time uh, the British had charged that hill once again. Uh, I want to tell you it was, co- it was Colonial William Prescott that said to those men with just a little powder left in their guns he said don't fire until you see the white of their eyes I'm telling you those were patriots those were men that died for a cause those were men that believed in America they believed in God they believed in principle they believed in standing for what's right I'm telling you much more could be said about the 56 signers of the declaration of independence those men who put their name on the dotted line and was not afraid of my friend for of England's king or of their army to see their name. I'm telling you even John Hancock when he signed and you know Hancock's writing was larger than anyone else. He wrote it in large writing when John Hancock signed that document that day. There was already a 500 pounds listen bounty on his head but when he signed it you know what he signed it so big for? He said to those other signers this way the king I will not need his glasses when he reads my name and he can double the reward. Amen. I'm telling you, don't you thank God for people like that? I mean, it rises something up inside of me and says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for some men that was willing to die. Hallelujah. Most of those men who signed that Declaration of Independence, most of them were young men. 18 of them was under the age of 40 and three of them was in their 20s. Their occupations, they were jurists and lawyers, 24 of them. Nine of them were landowners and rich farmers. 11 of them were merchants. Many of them, the rest were physicians, ministers, politicians, and shippers. Only a few, like Sam Adams, was poor. But nine of them died of wounds and hardships during the war. Five were captured, imprisoned, and brutally beaten. Several lost their wives, their children, and their entire family. One in particular lost 13 children. Twelve had their homes burned. Seventeen lost everything they owned. But not one of them violated the pledge and the commitment they made to God and to country. Thank God for America. 
Thank God for General George Washington. Amen. Who on Christmas night, 1776, uh, with three uh, divisions uh, of boats crossed the Delaware River that night, uh, risking their lives, uh, but ultimately winning a victory that gave the nation hope once again and turned the tide of the Revolutionary War. Thank God for those men that here on December the 19th uh, in 1777 went to Valley Forge uh, and didn't have enough clothes uh, to cover their naked bodies, uh, didn't have shoes to go on their feet, uh, didn't have blankets uh, to cover themselves at night uh, but they built huts uh, in fact Washington uh, uh, gave a bounty or gave a reward to the man or that could build the fur the men that could build the first huts uh, and Washington refused uh, uh, to stay in the quarters that had been given to him until all the men had a hut to stay in uh, his wife came uh, and she spent those uh, months there to June uh, and helped feed those soldiers uh, as many of them uh, uh, through the snow uh, and through the frost uh, many suffered and died and it said that you could find the trail where they had marched because of the blood that had come out of their feet. I'm talking about soldiers. I'm talking about men. I'm talking about men that would not back up. It makes me thankful this morning for our forefathers. Hallelujah. It makes my blood boil too, doesn't it? That's why they want to rewrite history. Washington gave his inauguration speech he mentioned the name Jesus Christ 53 times in honor of Isaiah 53 you're not going to read that in a history book in a public school I'll tell you what you could go to the library of congress and read it you know why they want to get rid of our constitution they, listen it makes a patriot out of you when you read those things it moves you it makes you thankful for your country it makes you want to keep your freedom amen I'm thankful for our forefathers I'm thankful for our freedom this morning to worship to work and to live in this country everybody ought to work somebody say amen you know why because you can work you ought to work a job this lazy outfit that wants to draw a check off the government I'm telling you listen somebody ought to put them on a boat somewhere uh, and send them to a socialist country and I'm telling you there's something to be said God put Adam in the garden uh, and he gave him a work to do uh, he told him to till the ground to dress it and to keep it God made man to work isn't that right uh, if you're a lazy teenager this morning get right with God amen uh, get you a work ethic uh, you say preacher how do you get a work ethic you got to get somewheres and get a job that you absolutely hate uh, and you got to stay on it uh, for about two to four years and you got to work it till you get all that laziness out of you you know how when that laziness is out of you when you can go in every day and do a job you really don't care to do but you can give your dead level best because you know it's what God expects and you know it's what you're here for amen and when you cross that threshold guess what you'll never want to go back to being lazy again you'll never halfway do something again I'm telling you thank God for the freedom to work amen isn't that right? Amen. The freedom of wealth this morning. You know, you can make money in this country. You don't have to be rich, but the poorest person in America working is richer than most people living in third world countries. To get a paycheck at the end of the week is a blessing from God. You boys get out and mow a yard and 
And you get out and, and, and you wash windows or you wash a car. You may only be 12 or 13 years old, but cut some grass. Don't, don't lay up all summer long and don't play video games and don't watch six hours of television. God help you. Uh, you're never going to make it anywhere in life. Uh, you girls don't marry some boy that's more interested in how good his hair looks uh, than he, are, he is making a living. Amen. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you can't pay the bills on a good hairdo. Somebody say amen. Uh, I don't care if he's got hair like Elvis Presley. Amen. It's not going to pay the rent. Amen. You get you a hard working man that's not afraid to get out and sweat. There's nothing wrong with marrying a blue collar man. I'm telling you if God lets you marry a doctor or a lawyer, go ahead. Amen. But I'm telling you marry somebody that'll get out of the bed at sunrise or before sunrise and go to work and make an honest day's living and an honest day's waging. Amen. And listen, you can be a hustler without hustling somebody. Uh, you get out and work uh, and you make an honest day and you listen, you give your best. Amen. Because you got freedom. Work. I mean work. Amen. I don't know why I'm on that this morning, but it works to work. Amen. Y'all write that down somewhere. It works to work. You say, how am I going to pay my bills? I tell you how you're going to pay your bills. Work. Amen. You say, how am I going to buy clothes for my kids? You want to work, amen. Sometimes you got to work one job and sometimes you got to work two, amen. Uh, but you got to work. Uh, I'm just saying you got the ability to work, uh, the freedom to work. Uh, I thank God for our freedom. I promise you the men that went to war for this country, they built factories. They weren't lazy people. They, they had farms. They plowed mules. You think about all the blood shed for our freedom this morning. I wrote down these numbers. I thought they were interesting. Less than 5,000 people, 4,435 soldiers recorded died in the Revolutionary War. Nearly 53 casualties of World War I. Nearly 293,000 Americans died in World War II. 34,000 in Korea, 47,000 nearly in Vietnam and Less than 2,200 in the Persian Gulf. And one of these liberals wants to talk about weakening our military. Brother, I'm telling you this morning, the reason we have freedom is because people paid the price. This kumbaya, everybody's going to be happy over here. It don't work in red China. You can't shake hands with North Korea. This morning, you can't, you know, you can't move a, you can't move a, a, a serial killer in your home and be safe. Are y'all still with me this morning? You can't move a bank robber in your house and just, you know, leave money laying around. I mean, you can bolt it all down, but it's going to be gone. For some, and you know what? That's the same mentality with this country. Keep the honest people in. You got to keep the dishonest out. I'm thankful for our freedom. I'm thankful for our flag this morning. In a little upholstery shop at 239 Arch Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Many of us have been there. It's where history of old glory, our flag began. Betsy Ross, she, fought, she sold a flag with 13 stripes and 13 stars on the blue field. Today, that flag of 50 stars representing the 50 states of our union 
And the 13 stripes representing the 13 original colonies. The blue represents vigilance, perseverance, and justice. The red represents hardness and valor. The white represents purity and innocence. That's what our flag stands for this morning. It's flown over every courthouse in the supreme court of our nation. The Capitol building, the White House, our schools, and many of our homes and our businesses and over our battlefields. And this morning, God help anybody that would ever burn a flag. They ought to put them under the jail. Amen. I'm telling you, when you say, well, it's just a piece of cloth. It may be a piece of cloth to this liberal outfit. But I'm telling you, to every American that believes in this country, to every American that, that believes in freedom, that flag represents everything that we stand for. Everything that we stand for that is right, that is holy, that is decent, that is right. I'll tell you this morning, I do not want a communist to try to erase it from my mind. I don't want some liberal preacher or some liberal outfit to try to spiritualize the flag away. I'm telling you this morning, God has blessed America from sea to shining sea. He has blessed this nation and it meant something to him to see that flag hoisted in the battlefield. It meant something to every soldier that ever put on a backpack and told their family and their children and their wives and their church goodbye and picked up, my friend, a weapon and gave their life. It meant something to them. It ought to mean something to us this morning. I thank God for our flag. And then I thank God for our faith this morning. Don't you thank God that you're saved? You know, the gospel came to you through somebody either knocking on your door, inviting you to church, to an open assembly like you're in this morning. We're here today to worship God freely. We, we have a sign at the end of the road. Inviting people to come and to hear the gospel. That doesn't happen just anywhere. We print literature and walk up and down the streets and we knock on doors and that's how I heard the gospel. Somebody knocked on our door, gave us an invitation. That don't happen in China. That don't happen in Russia. Oh, I know God has ways even there of spreading the gospel. And I'm thankful you can't bind the gospel. You can't, you're not going to suppress the gospel. It's there. It's as real there as anywhere else. I saw a woman. I'm not for women preachers. There's no such creature as a woman preacher. You know that. It's not biblical. But I saw a video of a woman in the streets of Pakistan who was about 85 years old. Now, she believes she was a preacher. We know better than that. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you one thing she was doing. She is almost hacking. Amen. But right there in the streets of Pakistan, I'm talking about where they cut your head off. I'm talking about where you die. You know what she is doing? She is giving the gospel. She is quoting scripture. She is, I'm talking about saying it like I'm saying it right here to you now in the middle of the street. She was giving out the gospel. I don't understand a lot of that. But I know God is not bound. He can do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to, wherever he wants to. 
wants to with whoever he wants to. He don't got to get permission from nobody. Amen. But I'm telling you, in America this morning, we have faith. We can put up a steeple. We can invite people to the house of God. We've got our freedom to spread our faith. And we ought to do everything we can. We ought to give out tracts everywhere we go. We ought to tell everybody about Jesus while we still got the liberty and the freedom that we have today. Amen. We ought to support every missionary we can. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. No, you know, nobody in this church has ever complained about supporting a missionary or giving an offering to a missionary or an event. Not one time have I ever heard that. And it wasn't just the years I've been here. The same with Brother Cape. They've loved those who have carried the gospel. And God has loved this church for that. But God help any church. God help any old church that, that, that would have a large bank account in missions and not support missionaries. God help a church that would spend money on a carnival or a hot dog gathering. Or a, or, a, or a, I don't know, or a softball team, or I don't know what they do, or any outing or any event, but wouldn't give money to send the gospel to a country and a region of people that have never seen a gospel track, has never read a Bible. I'm telling you this morning, if you hold a Bible, if you have a Bible, hold it up. Amen. And if you didn't bring your Bible to church, shame on you. You ought to bring it every service. Can I get an amen right there? But look across this congregation. Hold it up there just a moment and keep it. I mean, look across this congregation isn't that a beautiful sight this morning I'm telling you that don't happen around this world just anywhere most of us we've got two and three and four Bibles and we've got more than we know you know why because God has blessed this nation he's given us the book he's given us the word of God you don't got to meet in the privacy but you can meet in public and we can read the Bible hallelujah I remember years ago when I was a teenager, there was a missionary who came to our church from Bulgaria. And he pleaded with the churches to send as many tracts as they could. Because the people of Bulgaria in the area, I reckon I was supposed to be the area that he was in, many of them had never even seen a Bible. And what he would do, he said he would take a Tracks, and he said literally they would just stand on the street corner and just hold them up and people would just throw them and just snatch them out of their hands as fast as they could hold them. They, just if they could grab one, they would grab it. Here's what they would do with it. They would take that track back home to, and they would get their family together because they didn't have Bibles. They called them Bible fragments. They would gather their family in and they would read it from beginning to end. And they would read it again and again and they would talk about it. And he said, I remember that missionary as a teenage boy. He wept before us and he said, The greatest sight I've ever seen in my life is the joy on one of their faces when they got a hold of a track. And saw the scriptures for the first time. I'm telling you this morning. God's been so good to us. 
you hold in your lap a copy of the Word of God. Many have never heard John 3.16. And probably everybody in this building can quote it. You've heard it so many times. It takes no effort this morning. Don't you thank God? I'm not shaming us this morning. I'm saying thank God for it. Thank God when you could have been born anywhere else. Here you are this morning with a Bible in your hand and Jesus in your heart living in freedom with flags all around you this morning. I'm telling you, you got a house and a roof over your head and food in your stomach and food in the refrigerator. I tell you, I just feel like saying God has been good. He has been good. I'm thankful this morning for God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Oh, bless his name. He's been good to us this morning. He's blessed us. When you sit down at your table this morning, or when you get your to-go box, when you put it in your lap, and you bow your head, and you thank God for your food. Oh, I've let it be this way many times. Lord, help me. Don't let it be a cliche. When people all around this world don't know where their next meal's coming from in America, why most of us could stop eating today and we could probably survive till the end of the year. And we wouldn't look like we have cancer then, probably. God's been good to us. thankful this morning oh I don't feel shamed this morning don't you thank God you live in the greatest country the greatest country and I tell you I want to challenge you with this this morning don't let one day that you live on this earth don't let one day go by that you don't use your freedom for the glory and the honor of God Hey, the king is coming. You know what I like about that, Brother Bobby, that psalm? Yes, sir. When he comes, yeah. nobody's running for office. That's right. Ain't going to be no mail-out ballots. Going to be no parties. I'm talking about they're going to be a party for 1,000 years. <laughs> no Democrats, no Republicans. And there ain't going to be no more war. There's going to be one king on one throne. And he's going to show all of mankind how to rule this earth. And I'm going to tell you something. I won't be here one day for the tribulation period. But I will, as Brother Carl Hughes used to say, we will be back. We'll be back and thank God for 1,000 years. You know, I don't know where I'm going to live and you don't either. It really won't matter. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good during the millennial. I'm glad our future looks brighter. I, I look at this great country... And my heart breaks. You know, Jesus, when he was outside Jerusalem, right before Calvary, he looked at Jerusalem and he wept over his, over his country. He wept over I think we ought to weep over this nation. But I think today and I think this week, we ought to celebrate. There is a time to weep, isn't there? But there's also a time to rejoice. And this morning, we ought to thank God 
We ought to thank God this morning. As we stand today, thank God for the red, white, and blue. Thank God for our soldiers. Thank God for every hard-working American that gets up every morning, punches a clock, raises a family. Thank God for every church that stands for what's right. Thank God for this nation this morning as we bow our heads. You obey God this morning. If you need to come, you come. If you want to come, you can say thank you in your seat or you can say it on your knees this morning. However, the Lord tells you to will be fine with me as Brother Sam leads this morning. You obey God.